Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, how systems thinkers build their skills. If you happen to be a good systems thinker, you've had a strange journey. The beginning was probably fun. You showed flashes of brilliance or great promise. Maybe you were great with words, or you loved experimenting and solving problems. Maybe you had amazing curiosity and terrific questions in your area of interest. Or maybe you were easily engrossed in building, designing, and fixing things. And some grown-up probably noticed that and gave you special attention. They might even have encouraged you. But then you hit the middle phase. Now those same grown-ups might be harping at you saying, you had such promise. You weren't living up to your potential. You could be doing so much better. But it wasn't coming that easily anymore. And you didn't seem to be getting any better at this promising ability. Unfortunately, to take it any further, you had to make friends with pain and drudgery. In other words, you had to begin to practice. It's not unlike those that have athletic and performing art skills. The mind also has to build a foundation if it wants to grow. So many potential systems thinkers jump off the train at this point. It was so easy before that they can't believe it should require hard work. Maybe they used to write great papers with almost no effort, but then they hit high school or maybe college. Some didn't hit the wall until graduate school. But at some point, it got hard. And because it no longer just fell into place by itself, they decided they didn't have those gifts after all. The truth is that sooner or later, to become a master systems thinker, we all have to accept the pain of serious practice. The long sessions of studying, reviewing, searching for patterns, for a way to compose our thoughts or solve the complex problem that's eluding us. Sometimes whole days can go by, where in the end we have to say, I didn't get anything done. And that's when the systems thinking dropouts decide they might as well skip those unproductive days. But those who will go on to make it through this middle period realize that often after a good night's sleep, all that drudgery pays off with ahas. So how do we move into those practice sessions? We may have to start with a fake-it-till-we-make-it approach. We review our notes, or we reread the research findings we pulled together. We revisit the problem that was making no sense. And typically, this miserable warm-up is going to take a good 20 minutes. We might hate it so much that we declare, I'm not enjoying this. But that's great. It's a true sign that we have the core will to make the breakthroughs. It means we are in charge of how we spend our time and not our wants. So once we settle into the rhythm of our practice sessions, it won't be enough to mindlessly go through the motions either. We have to approach it in a fully engaged way. Each practice session has to be lived into fully and absorbed, almost loved, so it can build the inner scaffold that will be needed down the road. 
If we love it, we may find ourselves rehearsing those practice sessions inwardly, off and on all day long, and it continues to live in the back burner of our minds then. It lives there thanks to a brain skill called working memory. In order to understand how practice and working memory team up is going to take another podcast. However, this is our last podcast of the year. We'll be taking a two-week winter break now, so hold on to that question. We'll be back on Tuesday, January 7th, and then we'll dive into the role that working memory plays in building our system's brilliance. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available at EmbraceYourBrain.com.